to the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. I am Charlie Burris. And despite what the screen says, that is not Zach Reagan across from me. That is Will Bowling of 1045 The Zone in Nashville. I'll explain why he's with me tonight shortly. But when Zach is on here, Zach and I talk everything balls every week uh, on the Big Orange Podcast. And if you want to listen to that on the regular, go over to the A to Z Sports Nashville uh, or the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed. And when you get there, rate, review, but most importantly, subscribe. Because if you do subscribe, you won't miss our shows when we drop them on Mondays. Speaking of Mondays, it is one right at this very moment at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 Central. And we are live on the A to Z Sports Nashville YouTube channel. Go subscribe there, too. Hit that notification bell. If you get the notifications, you will be notified when we go live. And then you can hop in, be a part of the show. And hang out with us. We love to go back and forth with everybody that comments. So always a ton of fun there. Otherwise, at Charlie underscore Burris, I'll, I'll throw it to you, Will. What's your the Twitter handle? At Will underscore bowling, spelled like the arena, not the sport, with no W in the last name. <laughs> the the uh, arena in Knoxville is named after Will. Um, and don't fact check me on that. Uh, <laughs> at A to Z Sports, uh, Facebook.com slash A to Z Sports Nashville at A to Z Sports.com for everything that the incredible team at A to Z writes on the internet, although I am not a part of that anymore. All right. So, yes, Zach is not here. Uh, he has, um, I'll, I'll say, I didn't clear with him to actually talk about what's going on. It's I hope not bad, uh, but I'll just say family duties to uh, attend to. Uh, and so, Will Bowling is uh, joining us tonight. 104.5 The Zone in Nashville is his typical place that you can hear him on uh, R- Ramon, Kayla, and Will. Is that- That's right. Oh, yeah, we, okay. we've, shortened it to, we've shortened it to RKW because Voice nice. of the Titans, Mike Keith, has told us it is like the longest name in the history of Sports Talk Radio. So RKW on 104.5 The Zone works perfectly nicely. Keith just comes on your show and just roasts you. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And he's Mike Keith. So we're great with it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, what are you supposed to do? I know. <laughs> right. It's Mike Keith. Right. Uh, well, great show for everybody tonight. Obviously, we're going to talk about a few things that are pretty obvious here. One of them, basketball. Tennessee goes out, absolutely roasts Texas A&M. And they are looking like the, you know, it's an overplayed phrase. They're playing right at the right time. We're going to talk about that. Can Tennessee, can this be the one? That finally breaks through for Rick Barnes. The NCAA uh, decision, or sorry, the the court decision on the NCAA lawsuit with Tennessee. Tennessee with a huge victory of the NCAA. Going to discuss that. And then we'll wrap it up. We we haven't talked about it on this show yet, but uh, the NCAA football. Well, it's not, it's not the NCAA football game, uh, video game anymore, is it? It's college football. That's 25. Right. Yeah, they're, they're cutting the NCAA out. And, uh, and we're just going to talk a little bit about that. There were some Tennessee players that came out and announced that they're going to be in the game. And it's part of a whole NIL thing. It's really sweet. We're going to discuss it all on tonight's show. But that'll uh, and let's just go ahead and uh, kick that off. But of course, everybody that watches regularly, they know you got to talk about these sponsors first. Got to pay these bills. And let's talk about Zen Sports. It's the new sports betting app in Tennessee that we've been talking about. All season long, and when you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you'll receive up to a $1,000 no-danger first wager. 
Yes, when you place your first bet in Zen Sports, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to a $1,000 maximum if that bet loses, but there's even more good news. Zen Sports is rolling out its brand new VIP rewards program. With the VIP program, uh, you can get top tier customers can get more bonuses, comps, and perks, but it's by invite only. So if you feel your Zen Sports play qualifies for VIP consideration, check out the program at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sports book will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and fast withdrawals like Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. That is Zen Sports betting just got better. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. You must be 21 or older in Tennessee to bet. Zen Sports. Go download it. Huge shout out to them. All right, Will, down to business here. Friday afternoon at 4 p.m. It was actually kind of funny. Last last week or the week before on the show, Zach and I were discussing when that news would come out, and I believe Zach actually said, we all know it's going to be Friday at 5 o'clock. Well, he called that from a mile away. Uh, it was a, a news dump of the century there. Um, they, just as all of us were getting ready to have a, a night out or whatever we might have been doing on Friday, the news dropped that the the judge Judge Corker in that case ruled in favor of Tennessee, granted the injunction, and effectively the NCAA's rules are are defunct for for the moment at least until that case is fully adjudicated. I I'll just throw it to you, Will. When you first saw this on Friday, what were your thoughts? Because I know I was I was kind of like I can't believe that it actually happened. I can't believe it. But I what were you thinking? Right. Well, we had had VolQuest's Brent Hubs on the show that morning who essentially told us, look, this could happen today. But from what he had been told, people around Knoxville thought two to four weeks was going to be the timeline for Judge Corker to make this decision. Ultimately, though, Charlie, it felt inevitable, right? In some capacity, Tennessee was going to beat the NCAA at court, whether that was the temporary restraining order. OK, they take the, the momentary loss in that context from there, the injunction part of it, even if you take a loss in the injunction, when the TRO is not granted, but judge Corker writes, look, Tennessee probably has a pretty good case here and ultimately likely will succeed. It, this was a matter of time. And, and I think the efficiency with which judge Corker gives this decision decision shows that the insane lawyer fumbling over explanations on amateurism and, and things that, he couldn't piece together that were simply basics in this entire case tells you this probably wasn't a very difficult decision, right? Week and a half. Look, we're thinking two to four weeks. This thing gets done on a Friday and it is a little bit of whiplash, Charlie, because typically a Friday news dump means that somebody is either getting a notice of allegations at Tennessee or someone has been fired or we're learning that someone else has had a barbecue that Aaron Kraft has blown the whistle on, right? Like Friday news dumps are typically not very kind to us. And in my 26 and a half years of life, I can count on one hand and maybe just one finger, the amount of Friday news dumps that have been positive news updates for Tennessee. But ultimately in today's college athletics environment, when you take the NCAA to court, and you make spineless people have to put a spine behind their opinions and their arguments against things that you are arguing, you typically win. And when these things are adjudicated in a courtroom, it's typically successful for the states and for the colleges that are representing the new age of, of the NCAA. So to me, it was inevitability. It, that was the first thought was, all right, this, this took maybe quicker than we thought, 
which is probably even better news for Tennessee that it wasn't that difficult of a decision for the judge to make in the first place. Yeah, it, it did feel like this, obviously the judge saying in the decision on a temporary restraining order that, yeah, Tennessee's probably going to win this. Uh, you know, the on, on the merits, this one is going to go Tennessee's way most likely. Just from there, you kind of got the feeling that obviously in the long run, it would work out in Tennessee's favor, but that this judge had at least had his his head screwed on straight, so to speak. You know, it was his mind was in the right place in terms of uh, ruling for Tennessee. Now, I will say personally, just because it's on record on the show, I said I thought Tennessee was probably going to lose the the injunction, um, and just just because the criteria was very similar to the temporary restraining order, and exactly. I thought that they, I thought it was going to have to get worked all the way out uh, in the court. Uh, and well, and it, you know, it still does, but I thought before Tennessee won, it would have to get worked all the way out. And, and lo and behold, that's not what happened. And it, it almost felt like I, Zach obviously knows this. He's done this show with me for years at this point, but I, I have beat this drum honestly into the ground with the NCAA. This, this has been my passion project since I, I started doing radio in 2015 and, and all the way back then. I, I was on here going, the NCAA is the most corrupt cartel of terrible people that's ever been assembled. Like, just really ranting to, to the point where people were like, okay, uh, calm down, buddy. You know? right. uh, it, it was a little much back then, but I, I've said, I think I was a, a, a man ahead of my time, maybe. And the fact that all of this has come down, as you were saying there, so quickly. Like, it just really has come together. I, I still, I mean, this has been a fever dream of sorts for me because- it's it's something that I've wanted for so long, and and even when this this news first came out, I was like, oh well, it's you know it's a court case. It's gonna have to roll out, and it's gonna take all this time to get figured out. And within a month, the NCAA has has you know essentially gotten pistol whipped, and and they for the time being their rules are essentially illegal and i think in the long run they'll be deemed the same so i'm <laughs> i can't believe it it's 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 like christmas morning to me i i truly uh am am just sort of in shock when that came out i mean i texted friends of mine and i was like let's go it's time <laughs> right. yeah because this is this has just been a, a culmination of things all at once and for tennessee to be in the middle of it and and to be the the catalyst for all of this is so unbelievable. And yeah, I mean, I I don't think the judge even thought that Tennessee had all of its ducks in the row ducks in a row that they had necessarily made the strongest uh, case that they possibly could. But then he was just like, why are we why are we wasting our time here? This exactly. is exactly this is silly. That's what it felt like. What, what right. are we doing? And it's and it's a feeling. That I feel like so many, a, a ton of us have had for years and years now. Just when the NCAA does stuff, you just, what are we doing? What are, right. Why are are we playing this shell game? Putting up with this absolute garbage. And maybe finally it's it's all coming, crashing down. I I will say this. If, if this ends in Tennessee's favor, and this is the big conversation, where do you think it goes? Like what what is the next thing that follows and the structure that college football takes and college sports in general? Sure. I think that's the question, right? And it does feel like we are in a situation where the middle ground we live in now is the worst part. 
right? The NCAA running everything and allowing zero name, image, and likeness. You can't profit off of your own athletic ability. There's there's nothing to what feels inevitable again in that Tony Petiti and Greg Sankey are essentially Roger Goodell in two people. And the Big Ten and the SEC is its own entity. College football is essentially a minor league of the NFL. It's its own thing that's run by a couple conferences. And at that point, you just have the NFL, but with degrees, right? And within that, you get oversight. You can get collective bargaining. You might get players unionizing and having some kind of college football players association. I think even within that, you're going to see more rigid transfer rules. You could get more academic requirements. I mean, the Big Ten in its history has always, always been, we are prestigious academic institutions. It's why the Big Ten Pac-12 alliance, when the Pac-12 was a conference, really didn't make sense, right? There are a lot of prestigious academic institutions within that and chasing money and chasing uh, you know a better path for college football doesn't just totally rule out the fact that yeah northwestern still cares about academics and cal you know if they're invited and and places like that still care about a- academics so i'm going off on a tangent here essentially to say that this might be the worst part as long as you are a have and not a have not now if you're an oregon state fan if you're a fan of a program that that just got totally left out, then th- this is the worst part, and so is the next part. But for fans like Tennessee and for SEC programs, for Big Ten programs, oversight is not a bad thing, but you need oversight from people who have been coaches. You need oversight from people who have been athletic directors, right? Like These are presidents of universities who have no knowledge of the way a college football calendar works making decisions that coaches now have to live by in the college football calendar. Like there are fundamental issues with this sport because decisions are being made by people who have never lived within the shoes of the people on the ground floor of those decisions. It's like taking somebody out of finance school and saying, Hey, you're not only are you going to run a business, but you're actually going to be in charge of a construction project and you're going to be telling architects and you're going to be telling workers where to put beams and where to build roofs and how to make this building structurally sound. Oh, but wait, the rules of the way you're going to build that building, that's going to change every year. So that's totally like everything you learned last year, just totally, totally do something different, right? Like you've never been a construction worker, but go build me a building and the rules of how to build that building and the codes, they're going to change every month. Doesn't make any sense. That's essentially where we've been in college football. So it does feel like this is one of the biggest landmark cases to get us to the point of where things are going. Oversight is not a bad thing. Oversight from people who don't know the sport and don't want to know the sport, just want to make more money. That's where we get a lot of the issues that, that we've been given. Absolutely. Uh, It's well said. I'm in complete agreement with just everything. The NCAA for decades at this point, everything they've done just out of touch. Yeah. It's, it's completely, devoid of and you know this is probably extreme to say but it's true in most cases completely devoid of any care for the athletes and and it's just chasing chasing money a lot of the time i mean you can just tell where their priorities are at and it's what made me so you know what's the word blackpilled i guess on the situation just completely cynical and and just honestly hateful i've been hateful straight up about the ncaa for these people i I think that's completely fair charlie absolutely yeah i there there it's a joke 
it's a joke of an organization and and i i celebrate its downfall like i i am happy to say that i am praying on alabama's downfall and alabama football for sure well basketball too especially with oaks absolutely especially um, recently yeah i'm happy to say but with the ncaa i let me say it as loud as i possibly can i will celebrate the day that this organization is no longer involved in in college sports writ large but let's start with college football at least because Yes, it's it's going to be painful right now. That a hundred percent. It's you know the NCAA actually saying me Charlie Baker, he wrote a memo today. I had it up here. Wrote a memo just to the actual organization, the folks in the NCAA, <clears throat> and and you know yeah, here it is right here. Granting this preliminary injunction will make what is currently a chaotic environment even worse. He's not wrong about that necessarily. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's his own I fault. Mean, or not not maybe not his fault. His predecessor's fault. But exactly. I mean, it, it, he's not wrong. Yeah, he's that's that's not necessarily incorrect, but it's what has to happen. Right. It's like you you have to go through the pain to get to the other side. You you had to go through Jeremy Pruitt ultimately <laughs> to oh. get to Josh Heupel. You know, like you, you got to put in the the time, um, and that's that's just something that is it's just a truth here that we can all be honest. It's not going to be that easy. But it's it's what has to happen. I mean, that that's just the the facts on the ground, and I'm I'm glad that it is finally happening, and the fact that it's moving quickly. Thank God. Go ahead and get this over with. Swallow the pill, and and just get this done. Yeah, and and where I do hate it as well is for the non-revenue sports and for the lower side of athletic departments now that have got to figure out where the money is coming from, and that is where fundraisers like Danny White become very important to universities. D- Danny White is known as a master fundraiser as much as he is anything else. I mean, it, it, identifying talent and understanding where to find a Josh Heupel and how to surround Josh Heupel with the infrastructure to be successful is great. But if you don't raise the money to allow him to be successful, then you can find the best coach in the world. But if he has no money to build facilities, no money to you know, make these things look nice and shiny for 18 year olds who are prospective stars for you. It doesn't matter. That is where I think this gets tricky is the way title nine will, will come into this. You know, how does a program like Tennessee women's basketball affected by the fact that football might be bringing in money in a different context than what it's been in the past. And, you know, if football operates outside of the umbrella of the NCAA, then what is funding your other NCAA sports or is they just they're just completely a total split where non-revenue sports and and everything else let's throw you all in this one pile over here and 40 of us 50 of us whatever it ends up being we're going to come outside of the umbrella of NCA and rowing is outside of it and just using that as the first example of a of a non-revenue sport like that is where this gets interesting programs like Tennessee baseball i mean it, how does tony vitello feel about Tennessee football operating outside of the NCAA umbrella, where then the NCAA still has control over major college baseball, right? Like who's paying for all these brand new facilities and upgrades to Lindsey Nelson stadium without football, bringing in a massive, massive number in the black. I imagine these things are being worked out, but sports are going to get cut. I mean, we're in the situation now where people that are outside of college football are going to be in the shrapnel of, of college athletics within all of this. And 
I mean, you know, I was a non-revenue athlete briefly at Tennessee. Like that's, that's where my mind goes in a lot of this, but ultimately that is the, the predicament that the NCAA and, and this, as you said, corrupt spineless organization has put a lot of people. I've always thought it was a great point. And it, it was one until somebody finally said it that I, I didn't notice myself, but the, the facilities at, colleges especially around football and basketball are these immaculate palaces because they got to spend that money somewhere yeah you know you you look at nfl organizations well they pay these players massive sums of money and then they go to a locker room that looks you know like the locker room at brentwood academy is nicer (laughs) but i mean but it you know the university of tennessee you have all you super nice you know hot tubs and huge tvs and all this stuff and that that's where the money went well that might be changing now because now it it might be i the theory that that i've heard is actually the schools are going to stay out of the employment game and they're going to try to leave it to the the conferences um i think i was listening to andy staples and he brought up kind of that structure and that makes sense to me it might get weird in that you have you know, within conferences, you have competition, (laughs) Um, like you competing entities in recruiting. And yet all of the guys are are under one roof. Also, like within that, you know, Tennessee has no income tax and Alabama does. And like you have weird conversations like that when they're already Mm -hmm. competing entities, stuff like that. I don't know exactly how that would get ironed out, but all of these possibilities are now on the table. And thank God, it obviously couldn't come soon enough, in in my opinion. Uh, but it's yeah, all of that is is going to change, and I I don't know exactly how they will do it. Obviously, the i the ideal would be that there is that employment structure and just make it. I, you know, I've seen people say, "Oh, well, it's just going to be a feeder league to the NFL, like the G League." That's what it is now. Yeah, it's what like, it already is, right? Exactly. What, what are we even saying? That's that's what it's been. For, for a long, long time. And so just, again, that facade. Tear it down. It's over. It's it's time. Uh, we got some some comments. Timothy says, go Falls. Go Falls. Nug says, what's up, Charles? What's up, Nugs? Matthew says, the University of Tennessee tombstoned the NCAA. No coming <laughs> back from it. College football has now changed forever for the better. To all other universities, think a volunteer. <laughs> and Steven says, Zach looks a lot like Will Bowling. Oh, yes. I love Steven. That's my guy. What's <laughs> up, Steven? How are you, man? Yes, tuning in. Um, that is Will Bowling of 104.5 The Zone in Nashville. But to Matthew's comment there, um, I do think it's interesting that there, there's still a lot of opposing fans. They're like, Tennessee is trying to destroy college sports. They need yeah, to get the death right. penalty. I... <sighs> Stop burying your head in the sand. Stop it. If it's not it's Tennessee, over. it's going to be you. I mean, Carson Beck drives a very nice Italian car and Tennessee was the mark from the NCAA because not only did it pay Nico Iamaliava reportedly $8 million or is in the process of paying to get my facts straight over the next three plus years, $8 million, but because there was an all exclusive report about it. Like Spire Sports is not hiding its efforts to raise money, take your money, and give it to Tennessee student-athletes. Tennessee was brazen in the way they did this. They stood on top of the mountain with a megaphone and said, we were first to NIL, and we're doing it better than you. 
So, of course, they are going to be the mark for the NCAA because the second it was midnight, what, July 1st of that one night where this became a thing a couple of years ago, Tennessee immediately, like it was Bonex with Milo's Sweet Tea with Auburn, and then it was Tennessee at the exact same time at midnight, scheduling out their social media posts through Spire Sports at the exact same time. Just because Tennessee was louder about it doesn't mean your school is not now doing this as well and trying to catch up with the likes of Tennessee, Miami, USC, and Texas that just did it first. Yeah, if if you root for a program that's worth a crap, this is what they're doing. This is what 100%. they have to do. What and we're doing illegally do. before this point as well. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, man, I remember when I was still covering the team full-time, uh, their day-to-day, that there were Kentucky fans that genuinely, obviously Kentucky was a little better back then. This was before their last like six, seven year stretch where they've kind of stunk or not stunk, but just like not been national contenders. Uh, and they were like, Oh, it's Kentucky. We don't have to pay anybody. Of course. They're right. just coming here for the UK on their chest or what? Shut up. Yeah. But, that, that is not true anywhere. Don't, don't be delusional <laughs> here. No. Well, and, and what I, what I always said, I mean, they, they uh, fired or made Patino go away, whatever they did, Rick Patino at, at Louisville. And he was trying to give a kid, if I'm remembering correctly, like a quarter million bucks. <laughs> and I, I think it was a kid that ended up not going to Louisville. If a kid didn't go to Louisville for a quarter million dollars. Yeah. Right. What do you think they're paying kids to go to the university of Kentucky? I it's like the, uh, the Amarius Mims story with Tennessee. Uh, now oh, NFL draft boy. prospect Amarius Mims. If he's not taking that to go to Tennessee, then What's he getting from Georgia? I, I don't think it's for the education. <laughs> yeah, he's point. he's just happy to spend those those three years at Athens. That's for that's sure. Right. What a beautiful right. town. It's the town really got him. Cute little college town. <laughs> it really is beautiful. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, anything else uh about the NCAA that, that you might want to bring up that's that's burning a hole in your your broadcasting pocket here? Well, I, I just think the next thing is when do when and what do we hear from Greg Sankey? And, and when do the conferences go on the record to step in about this? Because Tony Petiti and Greg Sankey have been adamant that we need to look forward and not backwards, that, that this is something that we've got a lot ahead of us. Greg Sankey said we have a lot ahead of us in courts, uh, in states, in Congress. And would, I would like this to not be the circumstance with which we make these decisions. It's time for conferences to start making the decisions for their conferences and for colleges and, and take the politicians and, and judges out of it. At some point, Greg Sankey and Tony Petiti now with their alliance or, or whatever it is that they're going to call this thing, I guess alliance was already taken and failed. So in the interest of this being a successful partnership, whatever they make it, when do they chime in and, and in what capacity, I think is going to be the interesting part. Yeah, I think Sankey's wanted to avoid it all this time. He's just 100%. kind of been like, going to plug my ears, not going to think about it. And then, because it it is going to be an absolute bear right. to what whatever they're about to have to do it's it's going to be really really tough there's going to be a lot of criticism that comes his way with how it ends up being structured and and how all that pans out i mean he's he <laughs> we we were saying this on the show in the last couple of weeks when they they had that meeting for the alliance or whatever they're calling it i mean it, it really is it's the parents of college football having a meeting and, right. and they're about to be like, okay, kids, here's what we're about to go do to the, to the, to the ACC and the Big 12. You know, the, what, what the SEC does at this point is going to be dictated to everybody else. And so it's, it's an unenviable position, I, I will say. As much as I am glad it is happening, 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, good luck, <laughs> Sankey. Although I at least I do think he's he's an extremely capable guy. He's a super smart guy. Mm-hmm. Got to interview him a couple of times, and he's you know he he's he's got his head screwed on straight. Um, but I I don't think you know you could have the genius of all geniuses up there, and I don't know that anybody's going to just do this perfectly. It's, right. it's going to be tough. It's essentially a parent-teacher conference when you're in school and you know that in a couple weeks your parents are going to meet with the teacher and you have no idea what's going to come of it, but you know that something in your life is about to change and you hope that you've been good enough to to be approved by your parent-teacher conference. And, th- and that's essentially what's going to happen whenever these two get together and hash things out. Yeah, hopefully they crack open that report card. The grades are good. Uh, That's right. All right. I think that's it for that. Now, something that's as close to as fun or even more fun to talk about at the moment, at least for now, Tennessee basketball. They go in uh, and just stomp a mud hole into uh, Texas A&M's chest. And uh, let's talk about how they're playing Right after I tell you about our next great sponsor, Farm Bureau Health Plans. Farm Bureau has been serving Tennesseans for over 75 years. Much has changed in Tennessee over the years, but some has stayed the same. Farm Bureau Health Plans has always valued personal relationships, especially when it comes to good health and good service. Plan on Farm Bureau Health Plans for health, dental, and vision. For better coverage, better rates, and better service, go to fbhp.com slash atoz. We're walking to one of their 200 plus locations across the state of Tennessee. That is fbhp.com slash ATOZ Farm Bureau Health Plans. Go get yourself health plan. Thanks to them. All right. So Tennessee um, has what I would call one of the ugliest games that uh, that you'll see out of a team this good. I, I would put it that way. This team is extremely good and had just a terribly ugly game against Missouri, but they win on the road, winning on the road in the SEC. I don't care who you're playing is always great. But then against Texas A&M on Saturday, and that was what Tuesday last week. And then on Saturday, this team they just showed who they are. They yep. showed the true strength and the power that they possess as a team beat Texas A&M by 35 at the end of this game. They were just toying with these boys. I mean, it, it was just like the, the backups were dunking right on Texas A&M's head. It was ridiculous. Did you get to watch the the game? Will? Yeah, I did. And, and honestly, I think it feels like Tennessee has taken its rebounding weakness, which is a, a weird weakness because at times it's the strength of this team. And at times it's just oddly not a part of what they do at all. They took it personally against Missouri. Uh, the worst rebounding team in the SEC goes out and uh, en route to a three-point lead at halftime. It is out-rebounding a Tennessee team that has no business looking like that against a very small and very thin Missouri team. And against Texas A&M, who is as good at offensive rebounding as anybody uh, really in college basketball, they out-rebound A&M 50-33, and Jonas Adu has 14 rebounds. I have said it for months. I'll say it again now. Jonas Adu is the guy that has to be on for Tennessee basketball to make a Final Four. He is the one. Dalton Connect is going to have a bad half, maybe. I will believe it when I see it, that he can have a bad 40 minutes at one time at this point of the season. It happened early in the year. There's the cramping stuff that's going on. I don't believe that he will have 40 bad minutes of 12 or less points at any point 
this season. So at that point, you know what you are getting from him. And, and there may be a game he gets in foul trouble and it may look a bit different. And when that is the case, because in order to win a national championship, which this team should be aiming for, and in order to get to a final four, which is the expectation for this Tennessee team, you're going to have to go through a night where your best player is not at his best. And this was one of those nights against Missouri. And then we're talking about everyone else but Dalton Connect. And Dalton Connect still has a vintage Dalton Connect performance. Was great on Saturday night against Texas A&M. But we're talking about Jonas Adu and his 14 rebounds and Tobey Awaka, who's had a rebirth for this Tennessee team. I think those two guys are as critical to Tennessee's success as anyone else on the floor. I've stopped expecting Santiago Vescovi to be a first-team All-SEC guy again. Josiah Jordan-James is what he is, right? He's great on some nights. If he's cold from three, he's not going to be confident enough to keep shooting. And it, you're going to get glue guy from him, but you might not get the offense. Jonas Adu has to be a guy for Tennessee. And for me, Charlie, at this point, either Dalton Connect or Jonas Adu have to be on the floor at all times. Otherwise, Zakai Ziegler and Tobey Awaka have to be the two to really pick up the slack for Dalton Connect and Jonas Adu. But I'm just so encouraged by what the bigs and, and the two specifically biggest guys in Adu and Awaka have done these past few games. Could not agree more. The the turn of specifically Adu, but Awaka in the last few games for sure is such a game changer. Because you just look at the full structure of this team. Every piece is there. I mean, Mr. Jones in the in the comments, he says Ziegler is an elite point guard, 100%. He, he's arguably, uh, I mean, he's, he's one of the best point guards uh, in America right now. The I way agree. that he is, he's playing. His stat line in that game, what was it? Nine points, nine rebounds, 14 assists. And no turnovers. No turn and forced. <laughs> yeah. so I close mean, to a triple double and like the weirdest uh, triple double and awesomest triple double in the history of Tennessee basketball. You isolate oh, points. Uh, that's, that's an all right performance. 14 assists. I mean, just think how many points he was, he was a party to right in that game. And then, yeah, Mr. Jones, he, he also says Ziegler's defense is ridiculous. It's so valuable. It's kind of like with Vescovi. Yes. He's not scoring like he used to, but his, work on defensive end his off ball work is so valuable it is to this team yeah but they you know that that was kind of true at the beginning of the season you knew that the Ziegler and the, the backcourt was going to be solid with this team didn't connect was obviously has been unbelievable since the beginning of the season it was just ridiculous but it was those big men that in some of those early games they were really getting kind of eaten alive you lost to Hunter Dickinson Armando Baycott uh who else were some of Zach those Eady. Zach, Zach Eady the kid Cole Smith Joe yeah, Smith at Mississippi State, eight yeah. alive. Get they were having a lot of tough outings, and then all of a sudden, footing a walk. I realized more than just like space with his giant body, and and that's that's everything. I mean, if you have if you have the backcourt, you have the absolute elite scorer in connect. You have the depth too, um, with you know Mayshack coming off the bench and some guys like that, like Mayshack probably the most elite lockdown offender offender defender in the sec and then you finally add the the big guys that's the yep. whole that's the package right. that's the whole of it from front to back you got every 100%. single piece every single piece that it takes to win an, a, a championship um and so i mean my my question is they it does seem like they're rounding into form to your point there does this feel like the team that finally that finally does it that breaks not just tennessee 
through to the final four, but gets Rick back to his second final four. Does do you feel good about this one? I feel good about it. I felt good before and have ended up sitting there on the couch in the middle of the sweet 16 thinking, why did I get my hopes up again? <laughs> I have to continue reminding myself as, as an Atlanta Braves fan as well, that it only takes one. It only takes one magical run and things aligning at the right time and Jock Peterson getting hot in order to win you a championship and, and, and make you forget everything you thought you knew about curses. So I, I have that background and as a part of my battered vol syndrome. And I know many of our listeners and viewers probably come from the same demographic, but it does feel like one guy could go down and this team is not going to be totally done for. And, and maybe yeah. with the exception of Dalton connect, obviously who's got to be the scorer and, and he has to be good, right? It, Dalton connect has to give you 15 points on a nightly basis for you to have a pretty good shot. But where I fall into it with Jonas Adu is say Dalton connect is missing a lot of those tough twos in the 15 footers that are automatic for him. John Calipari said it after Kentucky beat Tennessee and Knoxville last year, he said, we wanted to make them make tough twos. And we thought if we make them make tough twos, they miss enough threes at home, we're going to beat them. And he was 100% right. Last year's Tennessee team could not make tough twos right around the rim when they had to have a basket. Go back to Tennessee, Michigan. When Kennedy Chandler, I, I don't know how many layups he missed by a half an inch that rolled off the rim, but he was very close to making a lot of tough twos, but he was the only one who could. And then even still late in that game against Michigan, he couldn't make all the tough twos. I trust Dalton Connect. If he's missing some of those, if you have Tobey Awaka and Jonas Adu there to rebound it and put it right back up and in, okay, it, you can live with 15 points and seven or eight missed shots for Dalton Connect if four of those missed shots turned into buckets for Tobey Awaka and, and Jonas Adu. I think where things get tricky is still with the foul trouble for Awaka. That, to me, is what worries me. Because if you get into a game where Tobey Awaka and Jonas Adu both get into foul trouble, now you're in trouble. Because if a game gets officiated differently in the NCAA tournament than it does in the SEC, when you see a lot of the same referees, you see a lot of the same names week in and week out, a lot of those games and the flow of them change in the tournament because they are officiated differently. And you're seeing guys that haven't seen how powerful and strong Dalton Connect is with the basketball. You might get an odd charge call here because a ref from the Midwest or the, of the Northwest is just stunned that a guy can move that quickly, bowl over somebody, and it not be his fault because guys fall off of him, right? I mean, Zach Eady has the same issues. Purdue has the same issues with their yearly Eastern European seven-foot-three forward that they take to the NCAA tournament with their second-round exits. Like, that's what worries me a little bit is, is the front-line depth there with Awaka and Adu. I think a lot of this run depends on those two guys, just ability to stay out of foul trouble and make bunnies. I mean, Tennessee lost to South Carolina because they were 50% on layups, right? Oh. They, you, you just trust that that's not going to happen again, you think, you hope, while understanding that in the NCAA tournament, every weakness you have and every strength you have could manifest itself in some way at any given moment in that, in that stretch of games. So I'm a Texas Rangers fan. Um, okay. And it's, it's grew up, my hat, the whole side of my family lives in, in Dallas-Fort Worth, went to games of all the time as a kid. Yeah. And this year, obviously, I mean, the, the impossible happened. It takes in, one. <laughs> in my mind. It, it really does. <laughs> to your point there. Like, there, it was so cursed 
that team. I mean, they made back-to-back World Series and lost in one of the most painful ways I've ever (laughs) seen a team lose in my life (laughs) Yeah, uh, in in 2011 to the Cardinals. And, I mean, down down to one strike from a World Series. Yeah, And then... They they come back this year out of absolutely nowhere. They had a, a dump team a year ago, and then they win a World Series because Adolis Garcia has one of the greatest postseasons of all time. And that's it. Just really is when you have those superstars and those pieces fall into place, this can absolutely happen. Obviously, I mean we all know that Tennessee can Tennessee. Yeah, it's always going to be in of the course. back of your mind, no matter what. It's going to be in the back of your mind, even if Tennessee wins the national championship this year. Two years from now, after that happens, you're going to be like, "Well, you know, we blew it all those other times, even though we yeah. won that national championship." So we're probably right. still going to blow it. Like you'll right. you'll go right back there. But as far as this team goes, this is as good as it's going to get. And and I don't I don't say that in a bad way. I say that to say this is Rick Barnes' best team, in my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Those Grant teams were really, really good. This one is is more complete from top to bottom, in my opinion. Hundred percent. I I just think that at at the absolute best in its ability. I mean, just look at the way that they annihilate these teams. Like I said, they, they were toying with Texas A and M out there, and I they they have the ability to beat any team, and especially if Adu can overcome the, you know, where Tennessee's, almost all of Tennessee's losses this season have been because of uh, good big men kind of eating them alive. If he can overcome that and a Walker can assert himself, and then all of a sudden you also have Connect and you have Ziegler running point. I mean, it's, and, and I mean, the point guard play yeah. is, is absolutely everything. And so I, my, my dad is, is from central Kentucky. I mean, I've lived in Knoxville basically my entire life, but right. my dad's from central Kentucky. He's been a Louisville fan. And so when Louisville won the national championship uh, in 2013, we were following it really closely. I was watching every game with him. And they had Peyton Siva at at uh, point guard. Yep. And like you knew, you knew Peyton Siva wasn't going to go to the NBA and be this star guy. But for what he did, he was he was the thing that made that machine run. And that's Ziegler, man. He's he's the heart. He makes that machine run. He and when he he puts in these elite performances like he did against Texas A&M. It lifts this team to an entire other place, just like when Adu has those big games. And when you combine those together, then mm-hmm. he beats Texas A&M by 35. Right. Um, and, and so it's just, it is all there. The, the elite point guard play, the solid post play, and obviously one of the best scores in America, in my opinion, the best score in, in America. I mean, it's just so effortless for connect, man. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's crazy. I, yeah, and and so yeah, for sure, you you can have those games where you lose your mind and you end up, uh, you know, blowing it against St. Peter's or whoever. But I also that is real. Also, this is as good as it's going to get. Like, if not now, when, man? Seriously, like right. this this is the the team that could do this, and I I don't want to get too hyped up on it. I, it's, I know, but. And, and maybe know. it's because of the Rangers and that old thing that I just watched. You know, I, I, it made me believe it made me, a, it made me a sheep, you know, bah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's, that's what it's turned me into. But it's not I, the worst thing, right? I mean, it, it feels good. It, it does. It, it is, it is nice. It's freeing to watch a sporting event, knowing that no level of anxiety you put into it is going to impact the result. It really is. Yeah. And, and working with Ron Foster and Ron Slay on a, daily basis like as elite athletes and as players like they don't get it 
the way we feel. They really don't. Like <laughs> Slay will look at me and just be like, why do you have to only look at the negative stats? Like you do understand that out of every, you know, 68 teams in this tournament, like only one of them is going to win because ultimately 67 of them are going to miss too many shots. Their star player isn't going to show up. And, and that's just how it works. Like it doesn't mean you're a failure. It just means it didn't happen. And like, if you play the tournament 10 times, who knows how many, like things of that nature, when you're an elite athlete and you can just snap your fingers and, and do something that only 1% of the population can do, you become more optimistic about your outlook on the way things go, obviously. And those of yeah. us that are not special in any way, you know, candidly, uh, are, are different. But I think the balance of this team is what excites me. And that's where I think Tennessee is unique in the SEC. And Auburn is the only other team I think can that can say this, that, Tennessee can win a game in the 90s and they can win a game in the 60s. And I do not know of a single Tennessee team under Rick Barnes where we've been able to say that. Yeah, maybe in 20, point. I mean, maybe with that Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield team that last season in 2019. And, and that was my last year as a student. And no, it wasn't a foul on Lamonte Turner. And I will take that to forever uh. Uh, against Carson Edwards. And, and that team probably got, uh, a, a, an unfair deal with the way that game ended, but ultimately that team, you still wanted to play games in the sixties and seventies. And I remember thinking vividly, if Grant Williams gets in foul trouble, I mean, that team lost some games because Grant just wasn't available to finish the game yep. at times and, and fouled out. There was a game at Arkansas that team played where uh, he gets like three phantom charge calls from probably Pat Adams. Cause he's a, menace to society only and the only people worse than those in boardrooms at the NCAA and like that's it it's done so I don't think this Tennessee team has that problem and I don't see Dalton connect as the kind of player that's going to be three four fouls in a you know adverse situation very often yeah I I love that point about the former players I obviously I I used to be co-host on Jason Swain's show right and uh met a ton of former players that way and it that is almost universal yeah with with those guys, they that's just they don't think about it the same way. No. I, I remember, <laughs> I think it was the SEC tournament. Tennessee beat Kentucky to make Which it to one? the championship game. <laughs> yeah, that that's true. The the one that Jordan <laughs> Bone played in. Yeah, all right, um, twenty nineteen. Yep. Yes, I, and and I he had some clutch free throws at the end, and you know such a pressure packed situation. Tennessee finally make it making it to an SEC championship game again. And, and I just remember asking him, you know, like what, what goes through your mind in, in a situation like that? And he's just like, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, pra I like, I practiced. That's why, that's what I, <laughs> I just went out there and I just did it. And you're like, you're yeah. operating on a different level, man. <laughs> like, I know. That's, it's a different wavelength. Um, but yeah, I, I don't want to get too, too hopeful and be like, this is, they're going to a final four for sure. Right. But I, I will also say. I mean, I stand by. This is as good as it's as it's gonna get. You, you're you're the number four team in America. You're top five. I mean, you have it's all there. Top twenty one in uh, offensive efficiency from Ken Palm and number two in defense. That, that has not been the case for Tennessee teams. Typically, they're number one to five in defense and number fifty in offense. And being in the top twenty five in both bodes very well for the tournament. Yeah, saying that they can win with 90 points or 60 points, that's such a great point. Yeah, thank and, you. And really um, All right, so there's there's basketball for everybody. Let's finish with uh, a little bit of fun here at the NCAA, or the college football 25 video game. Yes, sir. Actually really announced, truly happening. I can't believe that it's really real. Just, just like 
taking down the NCAA. I can't believe the video game is finally actually coming back. Let's talk about it a little bit. After I tell you about the great folks at Better Help. If you are a Tennessee fan like myself, Will, you know how many years the Big Orange have shaved off your life with the emotional roller coaster of college sports, or maybe the roller coaster of life is messing with your happiness and preventing you from achieving your goals. Regardless, it's a health issue like depression or anxiety, or if you're just going through a hard time, therapy can give you the tools to approach your life in a different way, and that's where BetterHelp comes into play. BetterHelp's mission is to make therapy more affordable and accessible, and that's an important mission because finding a therapist can be hard, especially when you're limited to just the options in your area. BetterHelp's platform makes finding a therapist easier because it's online and remote, and BetterHelp can match you to a professional therapist in as little as a few days. Plus, with our link, betterhelp.com slash ATOZ sports, you get 10% off your first month. See a therapist because maintaining your mental health is just as important as maintaining your physical health. So this season, check out betterhelp.com slash ATOZ sports and save 10% on your first better help. Got a link down in the bio. Um, is that what it's called on YouTube? In the description, the description. That's what it is. Uh, link in the description for betterhelp.com. Uh, Go check it out. All right. The video game. For, for college football is finally returning. And the out, outside of just the game actually happening, which is just so incredible, waited all this time. I I kept, until three, four years ago, I kept in 2014 and finally parted, <laughs> sad, tearfully parted ways. Yeah. Um, but have, have held on to the love for the game all the same. And it is fine. Back with, with this new element of the players are actually going to be in the game. Um, and it's amazing. Are you are you a, a college football video game fiend, Will? It is one of the most important things in my uh, upbringing. <laughs> um, I have taken Louisiana Monroe to, I think, six straight national championships just as a thank you for them beating Alabama in Nick Saban's <laughs> first year. That was even on NCAA 14. Like, this was not okay, something just... that I, back then, was using UL ULM on. Like, no, no, no. Like, the, the Warhawks... I mean, we were Monroe, Louisiana. We were building championships uh, there. I mean, the, the amount of MAC programs, like I had an Eastern Michigan run. I had an Army run. I had a San Diego State run of about five straight national championships. At one point, Georgia State, uh, unfortunately, never again because of a certain loss um, in 2019. We'll never be <laughs> touching that one again. But uh, or it, it, it is uh, it is it is the best game ever it is so much fun it is something that i have spent i, I don't want to know how many hours honestly of my life i've given to that game i, I go so far back with ncaa football that do you remember the when they had special teams challenge as a mini game on the ncaa football video games where all you could do is run special teams plays over and over so you would play until someone scores a point so this was probably ncaa football 2010 i think was when this was or it might have even been 09 so what you would do is you would have an opening kickoff, you would return it, and then wherever that return ended, you had to punt or try a field goal. And <laughs> I think you could fake a punt, but you had to score a touchdown. Otherwise, you have to punt it back to the other team, and you have no choice at that That's point. Awesome. So you could fake it and try to score at that point. So you literally would just keep doing punt returns back and forth and back and forth until someone got in field goal range, could kick a field goal, and then that would be like the walk-off the kicking the field goal. So my brother and I, we would play the Hawaii bowl. Every time he would come home for Christmas, we would play the Hawaii bowl. We would make it snow because that was always on Christmas Eve. 
So we'd be in a snowy Hawaii bowl playing special teams challenge with two G5 teams. Like, so to answer your question, yes, this is a very important video game. In my life. Yes. I don't remember that special teams thing. That's hilarious. Oh, first I think of all. it was, oh, it was NCAA 12 because a fraternity brother of mine had an Xbox 360 and he had that version for whatever reason. And we brought it out in our house once and everyone's like, where in the world did you find this? Like how they, they had the same response. Yeah. I, I was a big uh, Hawaii guy. I, I really nice. liked because there, there were those couple of years with uh, Colt Brennan yeah. where Hawaii was like pretty good. I think they went undefeated that one year, maybe. And then so. played yeah. in a BCS game. Uh, and yeah, I, I used to take Hawaii to national championships. Uh, that was what a joy. Um, no, it's this. And this one is going to be so special because, you know, not only is it the return after 10 years and, and that's incredible. But you actually have the players finally being able to be in the game. They set up this deal where the players are going to get 600 bucks and a copy of the game to be in the game. You saw a little bit of pushback from this. From There's like a college football players association that's actually been organized or something. And I, I don't, they, you know, they were like, this isn't enough. We need money. And ultimately, you know, it, it probably isn't enough, especially for some of stars that will be in this game. Your Nico, Yamaliavas and guys like that. Um, but ultimately, I mean, you just, you can't play favorites like that and it's completely untenable. And so they, they just went, you get it or you don't, you don't have to be in the game. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, right. Here's 600 bucks in a copy of the game if you want it. And I think that that's a great way to handle it. And then on top of that, they set up the, these, this NIL sort of setup. I think, isn't it essentially to be kind of an ambassador's, you know, sort of yeah, a, a spokesperson for the game of sort I actually saw, I mean, I, I retweeted Brew McCoy. Yeah, um, right. He posted, I'm in the game, CFB 25, EA Sports College, and then has a graphic with his name on it and how he'll, he'll actually be in the video game. That's so incredible. I, because obviously we're, were you, were you this, over the top with it. Would you fill out the entire, like I used to make Tennessee's entire team. Oh yeah. hundred uh, percent. We all did that. Didn't we? hundred <laughs> percent. I, there was, I got to the point too on NCAA 14 where you could like download somebody's roster file that they made. And yeah. there was a guy who every year it was some kind of like LSU related gamer tag was what it was on Xbox mm -hmm. where you could go on Xbox and LSU you could free. find that guy's gamer tag on Reddit or something. And he will have filled out like even down to like height, weight, and hometown. Like this guy was an angel sent from heaven to make every single roster. Um, so yeah, I, I always had every single roster made. At one point, I even made as a as a Brentwood native, I I even made the division that my high school played in in the TWSAA and made them the Conference USA. So you had like BA, MBA, Father Ryan, Pope John Paul, like instead of that's great, instead of the conference USA, and we just were in college football. And I made my high school football team's roster and was like playing with my buddies Jeez. that I'm in math class in as the broadcaster of my high school football team. Like, I when I tell you this is why I probably talked to like two or three girls a month in uh in middle school and <laughs> high school is because I was busy making all of my friends on the NCAA football video game. That definitely, that sounds pretty time consuming. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I was a little more casual than that. Although I, I was, I was definitely, I, I would make, I, I want to say a couple of the iterations I made the entire SEC or close to it. I, I tried 
to do, you know, I would, I would do maybe the big teams, um, you know, Vanderbilt never got made cause who really cares? Not. You know, so some of the, some of those, um, but yeah, I, I was that serious, but no, I, I didn't do high school teams oh, or anything like so that. That's fun, so man. good. So good. Um, but man, it, it really is. It's, it's awesome. And I'm glad that it's, that it's being done the way that it, you know, it's being done in a time when it can actually be done right with yeah, the players right. in the game. I'm almost glad that they waited this long as much as I wanted to play it for the last, uh, you know, however long. And I am finally, I'm going to have to buy a PS5, I think. Yeah, I, uh, I did the new Xbox in the fall for the exact same reason just to get out ahead of it. Because I've been a FIFA guy, like I'm a soccer guy. And so I, that's what's replaced in ZAA for me. And uh, FIFA is now no longer, and it's just EAFC. So uh, NCAA. I'm back, baby. Let's go. Yeah, I I gotta get this. It's gonna be this the the new Grand Theft Auto. Which I yeah, think it's not coming out till like 2026 or something. Right. But you know, fi- finally I got to upgrade. Been working with that PS4 for all this time. I bought uh-huh. it used in 2014, oh. I think. Nice. And uh, and finally, it's gonna have to give up the ghost. But that Strong. that's okay. It's a worthy worthy cause. Absolutely, to, it is. Yeah, Absolutely, it is. My my version of this game is going to cost me six hundred and seventy dollars. <laughs> that's, that's worth okay. it. Yeah, <laughs> enough. If if only you were a a twenty year old wide receiver for an SEC team, you'd have enough to buy the PS five. And you, I know. Dang it. Well, I think that's it. That's a show. Will Bowling of one hundred four five the Zone in Nashville, and I'll, I'll give you this plug. Anything uh, and everything here that you want to will let everybody know where you're at. Yeah, man, we are uh, 6 to 10 Central Time in Nashville on 104.5 The Zone, and we stream live 104.5 The Zone TV every morning there as well. So that's Facebook Live, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch at 104.5 The Zone. Uh, And on all podcast platforms right after the show every weekday morning. So uh, it's a blast. It's fun hanging out with Ramon Foster, VFL, uh, 2008 Tennessee grad uh, on Fulmer's last team, an 11-year Pittsburgh Steeler, Kayla Anderson, a, a sports broadcasting veteran here in nashville uh and myself can hang out with them and uh convince all of you that i'm a morning person for four hours every weekday morning on the zone man ramon's the absolute best um and and y'all show is is great you do a great job thank you um buck rising's on there too and he he also exists yes he's on there yeah he is he is definitely he definitely has a show that's of all the hosts we have he is definitely one of them (laughs) there is no doubt about that it is a fact uh no seriously man thank you so much for doing this it really um it was a a huge huge help well next week we can talk about what's going on with zach i just don't want to talk about it without him being here um and he well i don't i don't know i guess i can't dictate that zach will be back next week (laughs) when when he when he returns and honestly you might be able to determine what's going on if if you can read the tea leaves there um but Seriously, thanks, thanks again, man. Uh, we we can't appreciate it enough. Thanks to everybody for watching, who's commenting and and hanging out with us. Uh, means the world every single week. We couldn't do this without you. That is it. We will talk to y'all next week.